Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode from the Linklater's ESG Soundbite series. I'm Terry Angu, a Managing Associate in the London Financial Regulation Group, and today I'm joined by my colleague, Elliot Jack. So Elliot, what are we discussing today? Hi Terry, so I was thinking for today's episode, we could do a quick run through of the TCFE disclosure rules that are applicable to FCA regulated asset managers that are set out in the FCA's uh, new ESG source book. So um, Terry, may maybe you could kick us off by giving you know, a brief summary of the entity scope of these disclosure requirements. Sure, so broadly speaking, uh, these rules apply to all FCA regulated asset managers, including UK branches of third country firms, where conducting what is termed as, and I quote, TCFD in scope business, and that includes, for example, portfolio management or managing of a UK USIPS, managing of an AFE, and so on. And actually, a particular nuance to be aware of is the broader definition of portfolio management um, under the new ESG sourcebook, which goes beyond just discretionary management, but also captures you know, private equity or other private market activities that constitute either advising or managing investments on a recurring uh, or ongoing basis in connection with an, an arrangement uh, the predominant purpose of which is to invest in unlisted securities. Thanks, Terry. And, and there's an AUM threshold, is that right? That's right. So if an asset manager has less than 5 billion in AUM, and that's in relation to its TCFD in scope business, calculated on a three-year rolling average basis, then they'll fall out of scope of these rules. And actually, I think the quantum of AUM plays not just into whether or not an asset manager is in scope of these rules, but for those that are in scope, it dictates the timing of their first disclosure, because the FCA has applied a, a kind of phased implementation here. You know, so the rules came into force on the 1st of January this year for, for what we call large UK asset managers to essentially enhance SMCR firms that have an AUM of more than 50 billion. And those firms will have to publish their first annual report by the 30th of June, 2023, in respect of the 2022 calendar year. And then all other UK asset managers that aren't excluded under the 5 billion AM, AUM threshold that you just mentioned, Terry, will come into scope on the 1st of January, 2023, and have their first annual reports due by the 30th of June 2024 in respect of the 2023 calendar year. So a lot of dates to bear in mind there, but let's just shift gears slightly now and drill down into the actual content of the disclosures. So Terry, can you perhaps run us through the entity level disclosure obligations uh, at a very high level? Sure, Elliot. So an in-scope firm must annually publish a TCFD entity report which broadly speaking sets out climate-related financial disclosures regarding the overall assets managed by the firm in relation to its TCFD in scope business. And this must be made available in a prominent place on its website. And the content of that report must be consistent with the TCFD's recommendations with disclosures required on four different areas. So first, governance regarding climate-related risk and opportunities. Second, strategy, and that includes scenario analysis regarding climate risk and opportunities. Third, risk management in respect of climate risks. And fourth, metrics and targets used to assess and manage climate risks and opportunities. And additionally, firms that have set a climate-related target must provide detailed disclosures on their target, 
KPIs and how they measure progress. But also firms that haven't set such a target will be expect, expected to explain why not. And to top this all off, the entity level report must further include a compliance statement signed by a member of the firm's senior management, confirming that all disclosures, and that includes any of those cross-reference, say from another group or third-party disclosure, comply with the FCA's requirements here. Thanks, Terry. And I think just to add a couple of things on top of that. So, so firstly, an in-scope firm will have to explain, either in its TCFD entity report in, or in a cross-reference TCFD product report, where its approach to a particular investment strategy or asset class or product is materially different to its overall entity level approach to governance strategy uh, or risk management under the TCFD recommendations and recommended disclosures. And also in its TCFD entity report, an in-scope firm has to explain how the firm's strategy under the TCFD recommendations and recommended disclosures has influenced the decision-making and process by which it delegates functions and relies on products or services of third parties. So, so that was a bit of a whistle-stop tour through the entity-level rules. And I think what we'll do now is turn to the product-level requirements, which are split into product-level uh, public reporting and on-demand reporting. So the public product-level reporting only applies to quote-unquote TCFD product. And a TCFD product includes, among other things, the likes of an authorised fund, a closed-ended investment fund, an, author, an unauthorised AFE managed by a UK AFIM that is listed on a recognised investment exchange. So the public product-level obligations do not, though, apply to overseas funds marketed into the UK under the national private placement regime. And then specifically for clients who require TCFD information to satisfy their own climate related disclosure obligations, there is an ability to request on demand private TCFD product reports or underlying asset data from in scope firms. Thanks, Elliot. Um, I agree with all that. I guess more generally, just, just a point uh, to end on and tie this all together slightly. Um, our listeners may have noticed that, you know, both Elliot and I have mentioned the ability to cross-reference uh, in speaking. And so just briefly on this, the rules provide that a firm may include hyperlinks and cross-references to relevant climate financial disclosures contained in a third party, so say another group member's uh, climate reporting, where such information enables the firm to meet its obligations under the ESG source book. And this could be immensely helpful for example, for groups with multiple in-scope entities. However, each firm will still ultimately remain responsible for the content of that report. And accordingly, the compliance statement given by the relevant senior management extends to any information being cross-referenced. So I think that's just something to keep in mind as firms put in place implementation plans for this reporting regime. Thanks, Terry. I think we'll bring things to a close here, actually. I know we've covered quite a lot of material in a very short time, so if those listening do have any questions, please do reach out to us. And with that, my thanks to Terry for joining me, and thanks most of all to our listeners for tuning in. Goodbye.